John 3, 5 quotes Jesus as saying, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What did Jesus mean by the phrase, born of water, and how can we fulfill his command? The answer is coming up next. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. If you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to check out Dr. David K. Bernard's books. Dr. Bernard has written more than 30 books on biblical theology and Christian living and leadership. Visit PentecostalPublishing.com and search David Bernard for a list of available titles. Enter promo code DKB10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. That's PentecostalPublishing.com, promo code DKB10 to save 10% at checkout. Thank you for joining us. John 3, 5 quotes Jesus as saying, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In your book, The New Birth, you note that theologians have propagated many theories about the meaning of this phrase, born of water. And you wrote that some theologians believe that it refers to natural birth, which is accompanied by a watery flow of amniotic fluid. Others say it's identical to the birth of the spirit, and still others say that it refers to a spiritual cleansing performed by the word of God. In your book, of course, you argue that Jesus was referring to water baptism. Why do you believe that born of water in this verse is a reference to water baptism? And what about the other possibilities that you mentioned? I do believe that uh, this verse refers to water baptism, and that is the consensus of the majority of scholars. And historically, and even today, uh, the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, the Lutheran Church, Churches of Christ, and so the majority of Christian scholars would still say that. Among Protestants, even some Protestant scholars would uh, agree with that. Others would not because they don't believe baptism is part of the plan of salvation, so therefore uh, they have to find some way to say it can't be referring to water baptism. Well, of course, the majority could be right or wrong. I'm just giving you the background. But I think the answer is found in the text itself and in the application of the New Testament church. And yes, as you mentioned, if you want a detailed explanation discussion, considering all the alternatives, it's the discussion is in my book, The New Birth. But let's just take this passage on its own terms and see what it says. I'm going to read from the New King James, and I'm going to go to John 3, 3 through 5. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So if you look at the parallel, verse 3 and verse 5, verse 3, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Verse five, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you can't enter the kingdom of God. So I think verse three and verse five are equivalent. In other words, to be born again means to be born of water 
and the Spirit. So the idea that it's natural birth, I think, is excluded from the context because Jesus is talking about being born again. Nicodemus mistakenly was trying to figure out, was this talking about natural birth? And Jesus says, no. So I think that explanation is expressly excluded. And then verse 5 is an elaboration. So Nicodemus didn't understand what born again meant. So Jesus explained the same thing in other terms. Well, when I said born again, I meant being born of water and spirit. So water and spirit are two elements of the new birth. I think that's the most natural reading of the text. So that would exclude the idea that birth of water is natural birth. That would also exclude the idea that birth of water and birth of spirit are synonymous because Jesus used the umbrella term born again to cover the whole experience. But then when Nicodemus wanted further explanation, Jesus broke it down and said, well, there are two elements here. There's water and spirit. So the context wouldn't indicate you must be born of the spirit and you must be born of the spirit. He's making a distinction. Now, that illuminates two of the alternatives. The third one is what's washing of water by the word. That's a reference to Ephesians 5. And while certainly the word of God is a cleansing agent in our spiritual life, nowhere in the Bible does it indicate that, uh, and nowhere in this context is it comparing the work of, of the word in salvation to water. To the contrary, the word of God is likened to the seed. Uh, so you see this in First Peter. You see that in the parables of Jesus. Um, the word is not like a river of water. The word is like a seed that's planted. And if you're going to extend the analogy of being born again, when people hear the word, you might say that's conception. But as they believe and obey the word, it's like a child might be conceived in the womb, but the birth is an experience that's distinct from the initial conception. So likewise, the new birth is distinct from the initial hearing of the word. It involves our response of faith to the word, our obedience to the word. So to say the word would be the new birth, again, that's confusing things. That's not a scriptural uh, illustration, and that doesn't fit the analogy of new birth. And so the word would not be water. The word would be the seed resulting, or the word would be conception resulting subsequently in the actual birth itself. Now, that leaves, I've excluded the other alternatives. That leaves, well, why do I think it would be baptism? Well, one of the things you always look at is context. Um, what could Nicodemus, a religious leader, have known? So, um, in, in fact, um, you know, Nicodemus didn't understand. He goes on later in verse 9, Nicodemus answered, said to him, how can these things be? In verse 10, Jesus answered, said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? So when Jesus said born of water and the spirit, he expected that Nicodemus as a Jewish religious leader and biblical scholar could have understood exactly what he was talking about. Well, what could Nicodemus have understood in the life of Jesus? So these other alternatives that I mentioned are all subsequent Christian theological constructs. Nicodemus wouldn't have had anything to know about that. But what could he have known? Well, as a Jew, he would have known that when people converted from another religion to Judaism, part of that was what they call proselyte baptism, proselyte meaning converts. They would immerse them in a ceremonial bath. So on the temple grounds, and you can even go there today in, in Jerusalem, there are 
scores of deep uh, pools are baths where people would go down for ceremonial cleansing and they would fully immerse themselves. The, the Hebrew term is the mikvah. So the Old Testament had examples of ceremonial cleansings and washings. At the time of Jesus, there was proselyte baptism where converts from other religions were immersed so as part of becoming Jews. And more specifically, right here in the Gospel of John, in the preceding chapter, you have John the Baptist preaching the message of repentance and believe on the Messiah, wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Messiah will give you the Spirit. And so to do that, I'm going to baptize you unto repentance. So most obviously, when Jesus said you must be born of the water and the Spirit, he could have expected Nicodemus to know, well, the, the Old Testament, uh, part of becoming a priest, um, you had a ceremonial immersion. Uh, in their day, part of becoming a Jew, being a convert, you would be immersed. And John the Baptist preaching going on right there, you want to show your repentance and you want to show you're waiting for the coming of the Spirit, be baptized by immersion in water. And, and we don't have to guess that, but actually we see here in John, uh, the same chapter, um, you have John 3, 23. Now, John was also was baptizing in Enon near Salem because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized. And then John chapter 4, verse 1 and verse uh, 2, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples. So in the immediate context, you've got John the Baptist baptizing and Jesus' disciples baptizing. Well, the most obvious reference would be water baptism. Now, what about the application to the New Testament church? When you actually study the historical records, the book of Acts is the history book of the early church. It shows how people actually were converted and came into the church after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So what happened? Acts 2.38, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Um, and so you can go throughout the records in the book of Acts. Uh, Acts 8, the story of the Samaritans. They were baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Spirit. Acts 9, Paul, he was baptized by calling on the name of Jesus. He was filled with the Spirit. Acts 10, Cornelius and his household, the Gentiles, they were baptized. They, they received the Spirit first, and they were commanded to be baptized. Uh, Acts 19, the disciples of John at Ephesus, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They were filled with the Spirit. So here Jesus says in John 3, the new birth is going to be a baptism of, are you going to be born of water and Spirit? When you see the fulfillment of Jesus' words consistently throughout the book of Acts, you find baptism of water in Jesus' name, baptism of the Spirit. So it's very easy to see that the birth of water and spirit is equated in the rest of the New Testament with the baptism of water and spirit. And I'll give you one more verse that just makes it crystal clear um, because you find this exact usage of the word uh, in, in the story of Cornelius, Acts 10, uh, verse 47 and 48. Uh, so uh, after the, the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. Then Peter asked this question, Acts 10, 47. Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just 
as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to tarry a few days. So he uses this very phrase. Hey, can we forbid water? And the obvious implication, no, we can't. What does that mean? Be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, you need the birth of water and spirit. The apostle Peter, the apostle who was given the keys of the kingdom to proclaim the message, says, we need to give them water. And you could have even put in kind of like parentheses, just like Jesus said, and what was that water? Water baptism. So I think it's very strongly established, both from the immediate context and from the application throughout the New Testament, that when Jesus said you must be born of the water and of the Spirit, he meant you must be baptized in water and you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's the new birth experience. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share apostolic life in the 21st century with a friend or family member. And make plans to join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.